It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com. Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show, because you're in for the PopBrain.com. Braincast, Braincast, oh Hello, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I'm your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and joining me is the thumper to my Bambi, maybe, <laughs> Josh Sarnecki, my brother. I'm not going to refer to you as a prince. I hope you know that. Uh, okay, that's fair. So we are talking about Bambi for its 80th anniversary and immediately you're going to notice that this is a far older movie than what we usually talk about. Um, and why is that? Well, when Josh said we did our podcast on Singing in the Rain, he said, yeah, maybe we talk about older movies. And I took that as a challenge. And I also took as a challenge to find a movie that was even older than Singing in the Rain. Yeah, well, I'd say mission accomplished for you. And uh yeah, I'm happy to talk about Bambi. You know, I remember seeing it in theaters back in the day. Right, <laughs> right. Back, back, back when, when I was mo- back when movies cost a nickel. Yeah, when I was negative fifty years old. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so this movie is obscenely old by podcast podcast standards. You probably aren't going to find many Bambi podcasts out there though. I, I bet there is, I don't know that one podcast you listen to. I, I, I'd really be interested to, to see, could, could they spin into the villain was right in Bambi? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they've done Bambi yet, but I'm yeah. curious. It's like, no. listen, the deer population is just too overpopulated. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. No. I'm also curious, maybe, Matt and Marissa may have talked about it in one of their Oscar podcasts. It's possible, but I, I actually, when we talk about uh, Oscar recognition, I think it was only nominated for best song, uh, which is a little surprising. Um, and, and and also considering like back in the day, now it's like a 10 picture, up to 10 pictures for best picture. Back in like the early years, it was like up to like a dozen movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little surprising that Bambi was not selected. Yeah, I got to pull up here. It so it was nominated for best song for a love of the song, best yeah. sound, and original music score. Oh, okay, yeah, which those all seem to make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, this this movie came out in 1942. <laughs> uh, in August 1942. Uh, to give a perspective, um, our grandma would have been like 13, I think, when this came out. <laughs> so, uh, or or maybe not even 13. Um, our mom actually told me that uh, she saw a re-release of this and that that was the first movie that she saw in theaters. And she said the second one was Mary Poppins. Mm. So yeah. that would have been in the 60s. 
No, I mean, I guess to give another like historical, uh, you know, anchor point, <laughs> it came out during World War II. It did, and that's actually uh, important that even though this movie is considered a classic now and was well received at the time, because of World War II, it didn't do all that well financially at first because obviously people are going overseas for war the war has already been going on for years and that was the similar case uh with pinocchio because it didn't have the overseas box office was not initially successful which i was surprised to hear i was like didn't realize that overseas box office was already such a big thing (laughs) yeah i mean it probably also didn't help that talking puppets are creepy well i mean i'll have you know i don't know talking animals that's where it's at talking animals right uh so josh do you remember seeing this movie because i have a vague recollection that we've either seen this movie a little bit on tv i thought we used to have a picture book about bambi when we were younger Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if that's true though that sounds right um i I... distinctly remember all the stuff on the snow Mm. uh i don't yeah, I, I don't remember necessarily seeing all of it, but I remember at least seeing like bits and pieces of it at points. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have like a very specific, clear memory. I was like sitting yeah. down and watching the whole thing. Right, right. Um, it, it, this was as far as old Disney movies. I think the the oldest movie that we could attest to seeing was Aristocats, which came out in the 60s, I believe. Or, mm. or it might have been like 1970. It, it was one of those. Uh, and I, again, I think we also had a, a picture book or something for Sword in the Stone, but we didn't actually own the movie. Mm. Yeah, sort of, that's one we never got into for whatever reason. But right, and, and we'll yeah. that that whole era of Disney we'll, we'll talk about in comparison to this, the sort of the golden years. Mm. So for for perspective. Um, Bambi is so old that it is the fourth animated feature by Disney Animation Studios. So the only three movies before it are Snow White, Pinocchio, and Fantasia. So thinking of all the Disney iconography that like maybe the source material, I guess most of the source material exists beforehand, but like Cinderella's Castle, they don't have that. Dumbo actually uh, Dumbo came out the year before so there's oh, four okay it's, it's the fifth yeah okay so Dumbo came out the year before uh okay but so but you don't have like Cinderella's castle you don't have uh Tinkerbell uh you know Disneyland is just a twinkle in Walt's eye <laughs> right it was you know before so many of the things that we really associate with Disney and like yeah I mean at that point I mean Disney was like the thing that got me for this was that like it was distributed or released by RKO yeah yeah in the early days and I knew that going in because when I was in college talking about film history like yeah before Disney was really gigantic RKO radio pictures were the ones distributing their movies Right. So, I mean, that tells you how, you know, nascent, um, you know, 
Disney was as an animation studio. Like once again, like, you know, this being the fifth film, like that's still like getting, you know, the ball rolling and, and mm-hmm. obviously listing the ones that you had, Aaron, like they were largely big hits. Well, at least what we consider classics for the time. Um, not necessarily if they were hits. I know like you said, like the war impacted yeah. box office. Um, but, you know, totally like very name recognition or very recognizable just by name alone right so uh i've actually watched this a couple times the last couple months because first i was just trying to see is like is this a movie that we could would this work as a podcast mm-hmm. and i was i i went away thinking i think this could work so i watched it again um i was tempted to watch bambi 2 which is the direct <laughs> direct to dvd sequel starring patrick stewart as the father the great prince um, i didn't realize that was patrick stewart yeah um i mean that came in 2006 so yeah it was, it, it took warp a while for speed, sequel warp speed phasers to stun bambi <laughs> into the metal you're a mutant bambi oh, yeah um no i'm i'm glad we're not talking about bambi too uh, i did not uh-huh. watch that although i, I, I saw I, I, it was there I, I i saw a comment that somebody said you know once they do the time jump or be, they said i i paused the movie watch bambi too <laughs> oh, yeah bambi too uh, the the integral that's the you integral, know, very right. very uh necessary to understand the plot of the second half of bambi right yeah. Can I can I just have like a, a, a quick aside? Yeah. Um, when when I told uh, my wife that we were going to be watching uh, Bambi, she went into a little act of charades. And so first there was Thumper. She's like, yeah. you know, thumping her foot. Then there was Flower, just kind of like looking all bashful. Yeah. And then she laid down on the floor with her tongue out. I was like, no, that's too soon. It's too soon. It's been 40 years, but you can't do that. Oh, it's Bambi's mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was second. It took me a second. Yeah. yeah. You said forty years. It's been longer than that. It's been eighty years. Oh yeah. Yeah. But twice years. as long. And Josh is still not over it. No. No. Well. Okay. I want to get into that, but I I don't want to jump the gun too much. Yeah. And that okay. was not an intentional pun. Right. Right. So um, I uh, I really enjoyed watching this a second time. Uh, the first time I was like, okay, this is definitely an animated movie from the 40s <laughs> uh but like i don't know i just I, I appreciated it more like uh the presentation and stuff like that uh mm. how what are your feelings on it yeah i think for me the art was the standout i think the art mm-hmm. was gorgeous um for the most part there was a few times when i felt like they were cutting corners and it's like this just got a little lazy but to be fair this was all hand drawn and right you know, yeah i can only imagine how much time and energy that took um but like especially from the beginning when they just panned through the forest it's like okay you're trying to impress me and you succeeded this right. looks gorgeous um so that stood out to me and then i already mentioned the um the music getting like an oscar nomination yeah. like i the songs themselves are a little they're goofy uh, goofy yeah but i i do like the music and i really like how the music fits so perfectly with the characters movements uh and just like what's going on on screen 
Right. Yeah. Um, I, it is very much incorporated into the movie in a, uh, it's not just like now, you know, it's supposed to be like a tense moment or it's, I don't know. It, 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 it's really not something that I've seen in any animated movie that I've seen, you know, from my lifetime that anybody's really, I mean, that's probably not true, I, I, um, but it's very rare that what they are doing with the music, but we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I did think it was like just very impressive. Like the, the one thing it reminded me of um, was Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, I was that, yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, that's like um, movements are conveyed by certain t- uh, melodies and instruments and stuff like that. Yeah. Or even just like a drop of water has a certain musical cue to it. Right. Yeah. So those were the things that really um, stood out to me. And then, I mean, in terms of like the, the characters, I mean, like, I really love like the Bambi Thumper, like friendship thought that was really cute. Yeah. Uh, have some concerns about Bambi's dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of an absentee father <laughs> yeah also justice for bambi's mom bambi's mom doesn't even get a name i guess not uh yeah uh so getting into the plot of this movie it's not really all that much plot to it it's more a you know a story about a young deer named bambi growing up in the forest um, until um, his mother is killed by some hunters and then he has to uh, his father brings him under his wing and then it's all about him growing up to maturity and that's basically it I mean it's not a complicated movie it's just under you know 70 minutes yeah and it is I don't someone that something that shocked me having i'm not sure when i watched it or how much i watched was i didn't realize how much of it took place with bambi getting older like i was like oh yeah i'm familiar with like young bambi right yeah the more iconic bambi is the younger bambi yeah but then it kept going it's like wait a second am i watching bambi or lion king because this feels a little lion king right and that was that was something that i was definitely gonna get into um He's a prince, you know. He's he a prince. A he's a king. He goes off and then returns. Do you, Do you think that because the movie, I feel like watching it the second time around, it doesn't feel as aimless. Everything feels like it has a purpose, whether it's introducing characters or just this is how this character matures. It's like it really you feel like you've seen this character grown up even though the movie is just over an hour long? Um, I mean, I don't... I, I would say, like, it felt a little aimless. Um, I mean, I think if there is, like, a central theme they're going for, it is just kind of the circle of life. So I right, mean, that kind right. of works. Well, maybe, maybe we should talk about the whole Lion King thing now. So um, I don't know how much Disney they have said that Bambi was an 
an inspiration for the Lion King. I know we kind of talked about before with the Lion King was accused of plagiarizing Kimba the White Lion, which itself was based on Bambi. Um, and of course, if you look into it, there's no concrete evidence that Lion King uh, plagiarized Kimba the White Lion. Um, but I think it's very clear that Lion King also took great inspiration from Bambi. Oh yeah, I, it, it's very much a mashup of Bambi and Hamlet. Yeah, <laughs> which are like Bamblet, <laughs> two, two of the most like random things that I would never think to combine. Which right. I appreciate as someone who did Hamlet in space for a college production. You know, I can respect it. Right. You know that this this beats that. Um, no, it is it is interesting. Like we we mentioned some of the similarities already, but also just like the. Um, even like the romance between Bambi and Feline. Uh, yeah, Feline. Like that, as soon as I like, oh, it's it's just it's Nala. It's like right, right. And I and I think I don't know if it was a conscious decision that they made, but I think that when they were making the Lion King, that they were updating the story of Bambi and looking, it's like this movie. It's kind of boring to a more present day audience. If we tweak it, we add more, you know, choreography and music and comedy. And we add in the Hamlet element, like this is a more, you know, next gen Bambi, Bambi 2.0. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that definitely tracks because like in terms of like action the most action we get in this is when they're just running through the meadows or out of the meadows because the hunters are around right right or the the uh bambi and the other buck fight for like a not maybe not even a minute (laughs) right and then the forest fire but other than that you know there's no uh there's no stampede there's no like climactic battle between Simba and Scar. Right, but you can definitely see the influence on the Bucks fighting mm-hmm. and like he even knocks him off a cliff. Yeah. And then like like the brush catching fire in the Lion King is yeah. similar to the forest fire. So I, I think it's very much apparent. Um, but like, listen, Disney is allowed to copy themselves. <laughs> yeah and i mean, I mean obviously was... their their lucasfilm you know arm has been doing that recently with star wars i mean no one likes to copy itself like star wars right let's let's be real and i said as a star wars fan right but no i i think yeah the, the parallels are there and that's okay um it doesn't detract for me it just it just was very noticeable uh yeah um i think that the movies are different enough that they don't feel like what like Lion King is just a retread of uh, of Bambi. It, it feels like it has its own themes going on and its own political intrigue, if you you will, with the whole mm-hmm. stuff with Scar. That if it feels different, where this is more centered on uh, the conflict between nature and 
man the you know yeah which you don't get in the lion king there are no humans at all in the lion king no references Mm -hmm. at all we don't we don't the lion king could you know we could take place a thousand you know years you know before you know it was released we we there's no indication where you know when it takes place right Uh, even with this uh, i'm assuming this takes place you know the book was written like in the 30s so probably takes place in the 30s but like the you don't ever see a person no which is something that i really like Mm -hmm. how they're able to instill that fear and that voyeurism of where you see the pov of the hunter looking at the characters Mm -hmm. and it's almost like you're you're the hunter Mm. oh it's getting deep you're bringing out those vocab words voyeurism those POV. (laughs) right yeah and and in some ways it sort of implicates the viewer in the violence against the animals or at least i feel like it does oh i i think definitely like when when bambi and his mother um escape the meadow for the first time um after the the hunter comes and bambi's all like confused and freaked out and like he asks you know his mom's like well like, what was that and, he just, and she just says like man was in the forest yeah. and it's like <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that was just like a, it's your fault audience you right. did this right um but but it's it's cool because you get you don't you never even see like a rifle or anything you hear gunshots yeah. um you see the packs of dogs you know i don't know how you felt about this as a, a hound lover is like oh. this is anti-hound propaganda Oh uh, no! As as a dog lover, I I was a little sad, but I was also like, "Yeah, baby, kick that dog, kick him, yeah, go, go." <laughs> um, so I don't, they they didn't make the dogs very cute, so that that probably helped. Right? Yeah, the classic Disney make the the villain vicious and mean. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that worked, and I, you know, I I like the idea of not showing um, the hunters also, just because it, I don't know, it, it's one of those things that it's so like i don't know like hitchcock almost um right yeah <laughs> turning into rear window yeah or just like it's like a classic kind of well what we now think was like a kind of classic horror element of like not showing the monster not showing the the villain right um, yeah. ever or like waiting till the end to show it right um and so i think that that works and i mean also may have helped with animations so you don't have to worry right about yeah um and, and i just um it, it's really weird to say that i think that a lot of horror and thriller filmmakers could learn a lot by watching bambi on the way that it builds suspense even just like when th- that one bird wants to fly away and is utterly terrified and they're yeah. just like no don't run and you just yeah. the music just gets just reaches a crescendo and then well, yeah i thought that was maybe like the most horrifying right moment and and so i i want to get into like the death of bambi's mom because obviously right, that right, is like right. the thing that 
this movie is is kind of most well known for and kind right. of the the joke that's like oh right. my goodness like this is like so traumatic like this right. is just like just totally just right. like devastated children so mm-hmm. much so that um recently on disney plus uh deadpool deadpool 2 and logan yeah. came onto it and uh ryan reynolds and the deadpool team released fake uh like uh warnings yeah. for like already warnings for like old disney movies and for bambi it was like come on like it, it traumatized every kid a lot right right um i really thought there was gonna or i couldn't remember and i re- imagined or remember there being more to like the death of bambi's mom well i mean this was obviously before the rating system this was like i don't know how much they could have gotten away with it being animated um but yeah no you you don't you there is no simba mufasa moment Mm -hmm. right and i guess that's what i was expecting and just knowing how like heartbreaking that is like i i was waiting for something like that like i was waiting for bambi to go back like after he ran back home like i was waiting for him to come find his mom and like try to wake her up or something right and just like okay i'm ready i'm gonna start bawling but because we never got that's like okay this is this is sad and it's it's you know upsetting Uh uh-huh but part of me is like, I want you to do more. I want you right. to make this more like, right. like really twist that knife. I'm ready for it. Right. Um, uh, but then it's also a kid's movie. So maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, I know that some people, I don't know if it's, it must have start with Bambi or one of the earlier movies. People were like, there's so many dead moms in all the Disney movies. Yeah. Gr- granted, they're adapting other people's stories so that's not necessarily their fault except that they like to choose stories that have dead moms in them yeah i mean that that was something that um brie mentioned also so yep there's there's a dead mom um i mean it's i I feel like disney is to dead moms what superheroes are to orphans like right just they just tend to go together for you know whatever reason or i guess even later in disney's like just dead parents overall yeah yeah so yeah i mean once again i i think this is something we've talked about before but something that always amazes me is how we have such like a an image of disney movies being so family friendly and yet they almost always have this darkness to them right that's i think that's very true that uh as much as like the idea of something being Disney-fied as it being sort of it being sterilized or you know sanitized it you know there is still this this violence in these Disney movies um, however mild it is Um, so just getting into the characters I mean there's not I feel like that much to say like Bambi doesn't really have that he's just sort of like he's curious about the world and that's like his thing and then he becomes an adult and he, do- he doesn't have that much character to him it's actually like the other characters that are a little more interesting oh yeah totally uh with thumper is sort of like the wannabe know-it-all who like can't keep his mouth shut you know mm-hmm. his mom is always telling him this like if you haven't 
nothing nice to say don't say nothing at all right always have to like remind me like what did your dad just tell you right it's like oh yeah. I, which is like it, it is very like feels very true for like a child character or i guess animal child <laughs> yeah yeah no i think thumper is the most memorable character i think yeah. of all of them um yeah just because he's got like the most personality like he's um also like a little irreverent like everyone's coming in to like see bambi right after bambi was born yeah. and everyone's being like oh my goodness like the prince the prince and ba- uh, thumper is coming in like that's a weird looking deer like, what's, <laughs> why can't it stand up what's right. wrong with it right um and then you got like flower who like, the joke is just like bambi thought that he was a flower because he found him in a field of flowers but he's actually a skunk and surprisingly they don't really play into the like the fact that he smells like at all which yeah. i feel like in a more in a movie now that they that would be a bigger character trait but i guess yeah. like skunks ordinarily don't smell unless they pee on you uh i can attest to that having you know been cross paths with skunks a couple times and fortunately not been sprayed um our dog did get sprayed and that, that lasts for weeks oh no oh, poor shane poor yeah. shane um yeah i i was also surprised they didn't necessarily go into that but i think that shows a level of restraint and respect for the audience like you get why this is ironic like we don't have yeah. to like spell it out for you mm-hmm. um but also and, and this is i think partly to do with the time period like that and so many other times i feel like they could have gone for more like what we think of now as juvenile humor and like there there are funny moments in the movie but it's not it's not like toilet jokes or anything it's right not, yeah you could even um, show a toilet in a movie like somebody said that like psycho was the first movie that showed like a toilet flushing or something that movie came out in 1960 <laughs> no. No. i mean i i think you know once again a lot of like restraint or maybe perhaps just kind of forced restraint based off of like the standards of the time but right no i like i like flower i like thumper um you, you don't like I the dad because for... he's a deadbeat <laughs> i just i just kind of was angry and was like why are you like not here for your son's birth and then why are you only coming in after right like the mom is dead also right. like, i have i have no clue if that's based on how much of this is based on like actual deer like how they raise their children i don't know yeah but i will say uh i was, I was gonna say I, I wanted more from feline there wasn't a whole lot to her i would have appreciated more but that being said my favorite character i think is friend al yeah friend al is love friend al <laughs> mvp he's, he's just so annoyed by everything but so wise oh all these birds around there all in love and stuff Ugh, gross and now i'm gonna tell all the i'm gonna tell you know, an, an adolescent uh, or young adult Bambi, Thumper and Flower about like, yeah, listen to me. Don't you ever, ever fall in love. It's terrible. It's terrible. Right. And then one after another, they fall in love. Right. And it's like, uh, friend Al, you knew this was going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? It's also like a crotchety old man kind of character. I think that's that's a good role for an owl. I'm used to Al from 
Winnie the Pooh, who is like forgetful but wise yet right. aloof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go to we went into the animation a bit. So where did you think they cut corners? Oh, so there was a few scenes. I think mostly when it was like uh, like the herd of the deer running away. Oh, you thought you saw the same deer a couple of times? It's not so much that, just that I felt like they had a lot more detail on the deer, like especially Bambi and Bambi's mom, when they were the only ones up yeah. on camera. And then when it was just like a whole pack of them running away, like it was very much just like the outline. And then here, we're just going to like paint them a single color. Oh, um, okay. So things like that, where I thought they just kind of, uh, not I would say if, I feel like say phoned it in is it's too harsh, right? Um, but that I I think they didn't put as much detail in as I would have liked, and I say right. that just having also watched um, a very different movie, but also animated um, into the Spider Verse, where yeah. I feel like that has so much detail and depth, even in you know the background um, right. or for minor or unnamed characters. Right. That I was like I wanted a little bit more. Right. And also just, I feel like some of the animals looked very similar. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all like the rabbits looked fairly similar except Thumper right. and then Thumper's girlfriend. Josh, you know, can recognize, you know, every different rabbit that he sees in the neighborhood. Says oh, that, yeah. that, I, I know that rabbit. I, I know, I saw him before. Oh yeah, yeah, no. You gotta know the rabbits. They're your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you keep them from eating your garden. Right, Uh we haven't been doing that so much recently. Uh, so, um, but it, I don't know, there are other moments where they use very expressive like colors, you know, certain shades that are more expressionistic. They're not exactly like that fight with the bucks, like mm. the way it's like bathed in like orange with in like silhouette. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's not exactly realistic, it's more are an artistic choice and, mm. and but, but like otherwise like you said this movie is gorgeous like and the a lot of detail especially in the backgrounds and the environments like the the, the idea that somebody had to draw all that rain and it you know splashing everywhere yeah, yeah. and i think like in terms of the uh the art as well as the music, that might have been my favorite moment just because I thought like it really brought in like the the good combination of the the music and the art to like really get this feeling of right, you know, first it being like gentle and nice and then this terrifying thunderclaps and then right, yeah. back to being like a typical spring rain. That and I think the the song about spring showers or uh, April yeah. showers just right. slaps. <laughs> it slaps. It's it, it, it very much different from the kind of Disney movies that we would get later where it's all the characters are singing this, you know, this is not like uh, Tangled or Frozen where mm-hmm. Bambi does not have a song. Thumper does not have a song. It, you know, it's sort of the chorus, the unnamed chorus who may or may not be the woodland creatures. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bambi's not breaking out saying how he just can't wait to be king. Yeah. Um, it, so in, in a way, like the fact that the 
it, it, it reminded me a little bit of Fantasia, just the, the way that the the animation and like the uh, environmental effects, like with the thunder and rain are tied to the music. Um, that it is just very different from later movies. Um, where e even a movie like Snow White that has characters singing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think some of the songs, again, are a little goofy. Uh, not like Goofy the dog, just <laughs> like... Uh, but I, overall, I like them. Um, I like the Love is a Song song. <laughs> that was the, the opening song for the credits? That's the opening song. Um, they use it at the end. They probably use some musical interludes with it. Um, I think it it's you know a nice bookend. Uh, in some ways, it's sort of like the movie Circle of Life. Uh, you have the sort of like the romance theme mm -hmm. uh with, which is literally called looking for romance looking for romance uh so yeah i just i think it's even though it's a non-traditional musical i think that for the most part the music is is implemented well it would go on to inspire maybe tarzan no probably not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everybody's I, inner, voice, inner voice in that music or movie is Phil Collins. I mean, <laughs> isn't that how it's in real life? Don't yeah. we all hear just Phil Collins singing in our heads? Right. Yeah, I no, I think the music was good. It's I, I don't think it's nearly like in my top ten of Disney like songs. Or oh movie. no, no. Um, but yeah, uh, out of I'm going to be honest, I actually have not seen, and as somebody who likes watching older films, I need to brush up on my Disney, you know, catalog more, uh, some of the more recent stuff and the older stuff. So like, uh, let's see, there are no songs in Fantasia. I mean, there's classical music. I liked a couple of the songs in Cinderella, uh, and then I'm kind of lacking with the, the rest. I, I need to go back and watch like Snow White and Pin Pinocchio and yeah. uh, Sword in the Stone. Like those are all movies that I really want to go and watch. Yeah. I mean, Snow White's got some like classics like the Hi-Ho song and, and right, this Hawaii yeah. work. Right. Hi-Ho. Uh, Hi-Ho. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no... Uh, who put the glad gladiator hercules right it's not uh, it's not quite on that level but i think also this this move it's important to go back and watch the movies that were actually out when walt disney was alive <laughs> no. it's like it's like he's been gone since the you know mid 60s um and especially like this this time period is so sort of indicative of his his talent as you know the head of this company because um just how sort of masterful 
the, the, the movies are um, later on when you got to like 19, I think it was 1961. They, that's when they really started cutting corners uh, because apparently Sleeping Beauty was so expensive um, that like it didn't recoup its losses for like another 10 years. Mm-hmm. So they started Xeroxing everything. Ew. And that like up until like Beauty and the Beast, like all those movies like were they Xeroxed stuff. And so the animation was is of a much lower quality, um, and you, I could definitely tell, like uh, having watched some uh, just some clips, it's like it, it's not like it's bad animate. I mean, I'm not an animation expert. I don't think it looks necessarily bad, but it's like it doesn't look as good as Bambi, and Bambi, you know, precedes those movies by you know decades. Mm-hmm. Um. It wasn't really until they were able to get their uh, computer animation uh, into uh, where they're able to uh, digital ink and paint with the the hand drawn uh, pictures that mm-hmm. they were really able to come back into actually having like groundbreaking visuals in their movies. No. Yeah. So speaking of the visuals, I do want to get your opinion on. Uh, just like the the fire, how did you feel about like that? Uh, did you think it just it didn't look enough like real fire? No, it it just was interesting the way they did it. I I wasn't necessarily expecting it. Um, just because they they really just kind of made like a transparent overlay mm-hmm. of the the fire over the forest um, for the at least for the start of it, which I right. thought was interesting. Right, I didn't really notice that. I'd have to go and rewatch uh I, maybe i was just so caught up in the emotion of the scene <laughs> i mean i was caught up in the emotion of the scene of like bambi had just been shot of that moment right and his dad's like get up he's like <laughs> i've just been shot dad give me a second right he's like no there's a fire coming get up like can you give me a hand up like no right sorry i don't have any thumbs <laughs> But still, like, like, right, yeah. I mean, come on, Bambi was just shot. Give him some time, right? That uh, that is kind of funny. Yeah, his dad is so like stern, and it could come across as unintentionally funny if, if you think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but like that part where he, they meet up in the snow, and like you have like the the chorus, uh, just like going on with like the storm raging. It's just like. I was gonna say chilling, but that's like too easy because <laughs> it's just it's it's haunting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like so, this is very much vintage Disney. Um, I think overall they did a good job of restoring the picture because, like, I, I also watched the behind the scenes of uh, where they went into the restoration that was also narrated by Sir Patrick Stewart. Hmm. Uh, uh, I do think though and this is where I'm going to get into sort of like the film snob a little bit is that they didn't really leave any film grain and when you do that that takes away the detail because the detail is linked to the exposure of the film grain Mm -hmm. Uh, it's sort of like when they remastered all the uh, computer animated 
but hand-drawn movies uh, like Aladdin and Lion King, they used the, this is a little different, but in those cases they used, uh, since they were all hand-drawn and then processed through a computer, they, they're like, well, we have those versions before they went out onto film anyway. So let's just use the computer version, the digitized version and put it on the disc. But when you saw it in theaters, it would have been on film. So she would have had film grain and like that would have been the intended way to watch it. Mm. So like you can find uh, trailers of those old movies, like scans of the the 35 millimeter prints. And like, that is the way that like, I got like chills watching the uh, the Hunchback or Notre Dame trailer. It's just like, it looks amazing. Like, I wish that the, the Blu-ray looks good, but like, I wish it looked like it looked when it was out in the theater. Love when you get the technical stuff. I'm over here like, yeah, yeah. Bambi got shot. And you're like, right. but this technique and that are like, yeah, yeah. but. The, the thing with the gun and the boom right yeah <laughs> i but but overall i think it's a pretty good you know uh restoration the colors are very you know expressive um i do wonder is this a movie that you think a, a modern audience as particularly a, a child would still enjoy or would you just show them the lion king Ooh, um, honestly, I think I would just show them Lion King. Like, I, I think this is a really good movie. I don't think it has enough to, like, maintain a child's attention in right, the 21st even, century. Right, even though, like, this movie is, like, 20 minutes shorter than The Lion King. Um, like, The Lion King, for most people, probably moves faster because it is more plot-driven. And mm-hmm. there are more memorable characters, and you know, you know, the, I can't wait to be king. All the like colorful images and all the, like the animals, like get on top of a pyramid. It's just like there's there's so much for a kid to enjoy there. This is a, like a lot more like thoughtful and contemplated <laughs> yeah it, no it doesn't have the like the energy of like Encanto or like yeah. Moana like where yeah. it, like it's really going it's really moving right. like you're going from song to song like you have these you know really like big characters that like pop full of personality right um and like comedic relief throughout like right. this is yeah it's it's more somber in a way right but also like whimsical at the same time right. it's, yeah, it's strange I, I, it's um, and it's just that you have to remember that when this was released, the vast majority of movies were in black and white. Mm. So th- just the idea that that like Snow White and a lot of those early like Looney Tunes and Disney shorts were in color was huge. Mm. Um, like this is only a couple years. A few years after the wizard of oz so like color is still really not it won't be like until like post-war that color really starts to become the norm mm-hmm. uh so 
And just the fact that like seeing this kind of animation of this quality was probably just like not as commonplace now. Like I, I feel like when we, we grew up, we had a whole couple channels of just animation. Like mm. this is the only place you got to see like cartoon characters that you would normally see in a comic strip move. Right. Right. And, and I will say that like just basing off of just the art of this alone, I would rather watch, you know, just hours of this footage any day over what we talked about last month with Jimmy Neutron. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this movie makes Jimmy Neutron look like garbage. Uh, okay, you're being a little harsh there. but Utter garbage. I mean, no, yeah. Utter garbage. I, I, I do think that this movie is, you know, I mean, I'm not an animation expert. I'm sure it accomplished so many different milestones for the medium. Um, maybe not as much as Snow White because Snow White is sort of the the genesis of what we know Disney as today, you know, other than, you know, like Steamboat Willie for Mickey. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I do wonder, like, what do you think is the legacy of this movie? Um, is it just that people remember the characters and the, the moments? Do you think... I, I mean, I, I honestly don't think that this movie has a huge, and it feels wrong to say that this movie doesn't have a huge legacy, but it's not like a Star Wars or like a Jurassic Park where like everybody's always talking about Bambi, <laughs> but like people know it. Yeah. I think it has a more subtle um, legacy in terms of when people see or like reference deer in movies or just in real life mm -hmm. like there is this just immediate impulse just to call it bambi right yeah They're like that that joke is like low-hanging of like oh my goodness like you know we almost hit that deer it's like oh man you almost killed bambi's mom like like it's just so ingrained uh -huh. i think in our culture because of this movie right there's actually somebody made a sketch i think it was in the 60s where it's called Godzilla versus Bambi, where Godzilla, <laughs> he just steps on Bambi and that's it. Oh no. Yeah, there's a lot of like underground stuff. There was like Mickey you know, goes to Vietnam. It's, it's pretty wow. dark stuff. Um, I, I, yeah, um, I do wanna, I almost forgot about this. I don't know. I can, I can, I can see why some people would not like Bambi because they don't like the Disneyfication of nature um, and there's one man in particular you know you know the client himself Werner Erzog who talks about how brutal nature is mm. you know he says that it's just uh, collective and overwhelming murder and that it's a baseless and vile that you know even our violence is you know like co comparison of like incomplete sentences to like a novel compared to like how 
violent and cruel the animal world is. Oof. Yeah, it, it's he he goes hard on his like there is no order in in the universe. It's all chaos, and it's honestly hilarious. <laughs> if if anybody ever wants to look it up, just like type in like Werner Herzog like rant or like nature. Um, I mean, I could kind of see is like I was having this conversation actually before this. I forget if I mentioned that I was going to talk about Bambi, and they said. Like the animal world is a pretty like messed up place. Like, and they said that animals do things that they put people in jail for. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is somewhat true. That that is interesting. So the, the idea that there's all this harmony in nature is false. Mm-hmm. I I I think there is some truth to that. I think that even beyond that you can still get like this sort of in very early environmental uh message from bambi which is mm-hmm. very strange to see from something that was made in the 40s and uh, i have a fun story about that yeah well not a, not a fun story necessarily but actually after this movie walt disney allow his characters to appear in fire prevention public service campaigns for the um, U.S. Forest Service. So Bambi was in commercials or ads to, you know, um, you know, try to f- prevent forest fires. Oh, okay. However, they only loaned Bambi to the government for a year. Oh, and okay. so after we're like, uh, we, we, we need another like character, we need another symbol. And thus, Smokey the Bear or Smokey oh. was created. So we would not have Smokey the Bear or Smokey Bear unless Bambi came and then left. So right. I think that is another legacy of this film. Is, right, right. You know, is, is Smokey Bear. Right. Uh, but also it's it's interesting. I, I read a little bit about the author. The author was actually an avid hunter. <laughs> oh. Uh, but it's, it's interesting also because it's like a German author. He actually was writing it as a metaphor for what was happening to European Jews at the time because he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like um, how the Jews were being treated in Europe, I guess, was analogous to the deer or just the animals in yeah. general, which is an interesting interpretation that I would not have thought of unless I read it. No, no, that's yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. I think that's a yeah, like a powerful yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you break down the, the themes of this or like the possible messages, like I think, yeah, there is that environmental message. There can be yeah, kind of that um, comparison to like the Holocaust or just the treatment of uh, Jews in Europe at that time. So I think, yeah. um, no, I mean, super powerful. Right. Um, and apparently there were sequel books, but like they decided not to make movies of them. They decide it's like, oh yeah, here's an actual Bambi two, but we're gonna make Bambi two with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Interesting. And and I there's I guess two more legacy points I, I should mention. Okay. Yeah. One was that in 2003, the American Film Institute ranked um, the top 50 uh, heroes and villains. Guess where Man was on that list? Number five. Not quite as high. It was at 20. Okay. 
But to be fair, it beat out the Terminator, Jack Torrance, and Count Dracula. So, ooh, I like Dracula a lot. That's a little. So so that, out, I also like this too. Also beat out Freddy Krueger and the Joker. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, were those the two? Did, was, did you make two points or one point? And the, the the one extra point is that, and I joked about this the other day, and you sent me an SNL video about yeah. The Rock as Bambi. Disney is actually supposedly making a remake of Bambi in the same style as they did with the lion king right and i thought i read somewhere that originally for the bambi they actually wanted to use real deer Mm -hmm. like they wanted to be like legit live action with deer and they couldn't get the work i'm not sure if that's true though i'm not sure but it's it's being positioned it's it's being positioned as like a companion piece to the jungle book and the lion king so I don't know. Maybe they did want to use real deer at some point, but they're no, not for this one. For back when they were developing Bambi, they wanted to make the old version with real deer. Got it. Got it. That would be interesting. I I mean, you can train a dog to be in a movie. I'm not sure sure about a deer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I've already like, I don't know. I didn't see the. The, the new Lion King, I, I I know a lot of people were unimpressed. Um, I didn't really like the Jungle Book remake, but I mean, I guess it was, I didn't like the Jungle Book in general, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I don't imagine too many people are going to care all that much about it, um, even though like, we both really like this movie and think it's good. Like once again, like I don't know who who is this going to be for? Because like yeah, I don't think yeah, it's like kids like, are gonna buy Bambi toys left and right. Yeah, like it just this just doesn't seem like it has that appeal. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I it's mean, like both too old and not old enough, almost. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh. And like, how how much can you really get out of like a photorealistic deer? I was just gonna look confused most of the time. Deers <laughs> just aren't very expressive. Yeah, and just not a whole fan of the photorealistic animals, like with the mouths moving while they talk. Just right. something about it's not right. Doesn't doesn't sit well with me as much as I like talking animals. Right. Um, I'll talk to animals in my own time. Right. I mean, I, I still think that. You know, people should go and watch this movie. I think, you know, you know, it's an all-time classic. I think it's a beautiful movie. Um, I mean, if you if enough people watch it, then that's just going to give them more reason <laughs> to remake it. <laughs> and, you know, one of the reasons I chose this was because it's on Disney Plus and it's easy to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I if they remake it like okay oh like, yeah it's not gonna like damage the movie's legacy anyway that i think um if you don't like the new lion king that you think it somehow hurts the old one yeah yeah i mean if, if bambi 2 kind of hurt you know the original's legacy I, I i think it's pretty safe right right yeah i mean people were like complaining when like they released 
Return to Neverland in theaters. That was like their first like direct to DVD movie that they ended up showing in theaters. Yeah. So that that's all to say like Disney is not above, you know, recycling and going back to the same, you know, um, the same movie and again and again and just trying uh-huh. to keep cashing out. So like I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do end up making this, you know, uh, photorealistic CGI movie. Right. But I don't particularly want it. But I think overall, yes, this this movie is an all-time classic. I think everyone should watch it. I think, you know, anyone who's into animation should totally watch it just because it's, you know, beautiful. And I think once again, it it makes me sad that there's not as much of an emphasis on the hand-drawn animation anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And um, I don't think anything else to say. <laughs> and yeah, it probably made several people become vegetarians after watching this movie. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, no, like afterwards, like, ooh, this this would uh this would be hard for you know it's it's fan. not quite it's not quite at babe level, but oh man, no. Oh yeah, that was that was hard. Yeah, I don't at some at some point we gotta like do a whole podcast, like rank our top talking animal movies. <laughs> ooh, oh I'm game for that. Yeah. Oh, I have to do some research. You have to watch uh, Watership Down with all the the murdering bunnies or whatever. Oh gosh! Well, that sounds like a podcast for another day. Yeah. Well, Aaron, any other thoughts? Are you feeling good? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty good. Okay. Nice. Well, thank you for for picking this. I'm I'm glad we were able to. Find something even older than Singing in the Rain to talk right, about. Right? Yeah. So, like, next time will be like a silent movie or something. Oh god! <laughs> I was like, you, you, you've really kind of set the bar really high at this point. Right. I'm talking about the Great Train Robbery. Oh, I, I might have made that joke before. <laughs> you probably did, but that's okay. Just like you know, Disney, we're not above recycling jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, do you have anything? recently that you've written or anything you want to promote or want to tell people where they can find you online yeah i haven't written anything i think since uh, i wrote about episode four of the obi-wan series i'm on twitter talking about movies it's been about a week or so since i talked about something i did tell you that i watched uh another all-time classic uh the uh, uh, classic 80s uh, comedy drama Say Anything with John Cusack, which uh, it's actually pretty, I don't know why I say actually. It, I don't know, sometimes you don't think movies are going to live up to the hype, but I actually think that for the most part, it lived up to the hype. I think okay. it's, a, it's a good movie if anybody likes, you know, a good 80s movie. Okay. Nice. Yeah, glad to hear it, you know, met or exceeded expectations then. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, and yeah, people can also find me on Twitter, uh, but I don't really tweet all that much, so don't worry too much about it. Um, 
mo more, you know, importantly, people can find me uh, here on, you know, the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we do our, you know, our monthly TV and film podcast. So last month we did Jimmy Neutron and Lilo and Stitch, right? No, we did Air Force One last month. My bad. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's already been. Sorry. Summer's flying by. Um, and so, yeah, people can find that here in um, the breakcast as well as uh, Pop Break TV feed. Mm -hmm. uh, and then people can also find me on um, the TV Break podcast with uh, podcast editor Alex and uh, editor in chief Bill, where every month we talk about the ins and outs of TV. Uh, this month, we're going to be talking about the Amazon Prime show Paper Girls. Still need to watch that. So um, <laughs> we'll see. I hope I like it. Uh, I've heard good things about the comic, so I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, and also, uh, I recently was a guest on the Cinema Joe's podcast, um, which is also hosted by Alex. Um, and I had a really wonderful time on there talking about Thor Love and Thunder. Um, none of us were like, in love with the movie per se but they were uh, it was a fun thunder. podcast i was in thunder with the movie yes 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 nobody was in thunder with the movie either maybe maybe someone was but i encourage people to listen to that that was a lot of fun um i'm really glad that i could uh, go on there and yeah maybe we need to get one of the cinema joes on this podcast eventually hint hint wink wink right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then yeah otherwise uh oh random shout out to Kristen. Uh, who told me that she listened to these podcasts. So Kristen, if you're listening, uh, yeah. And other than that, everyone- Yeah, not you. high, just yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. No, I appreciate you listening. And everyone else listening, thank you so much for listening. You know, I really appreciate your time and you know, giving us this opportunity and really hope that you'll come back again for our next podcast. So Aaron, thanks again. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone, until next time, remember- only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs>